0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode. We are well into deep part of this season of financial fitness. I'm your host, Jared Myers, joined by my wonderful co-host, Miss Keela Allen. Guys, I'm really excited for today's topic. I'm really excited to get down to the nitty and gritty about these finances, as we are every day when we get on this show. But overall, having fun, breaking down your budget, breaking down new stuff, things that we learn from different topics and different conferences and things we go to. Keila, kind of just go ahead and share how you doing today, first of all.
1: <laughs> I'm well. Happy Monday. We're on the downside of this thing. so Everything is good. I'm well. How are you today?
0: I'm well. I'm well. Hey, um, you know, no, no complaints. Great weekend. Looking forward to uh, many more things to do, I guess, you know, with this wonderful weather. COVID, of course, you know, we're we're taking our proper precautions, but uh, yeah, I definitely can't wait for this beach weather to get a little bit better. Oh, that's
1: right. I'm so ready for a beach vacation, you
0: know? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) ma'am. Sorry about that. Yeah, so uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit about today's topic.
1: Okay, so today's topic is smart women, smart money, and I was fortunate enough last week to attend a women in banking conference. Um, for the state of Mississippi, and we had women from all over the state of Mississippi to actually attend this conference. And what it was, it was just a host of, it was a two day event. Um, it was a host of women from all over. And this specific topic that we're going to discuss tonight comes from a certified financial planner by the same, uh, by the name of Suzette Jones. And she's out in, she's from actually from Houston, Texas. And she just shared a plethora of good, pertinent information that the everyday average individual can use. And it was just so good to me. I just, I had to share. There's no way that I could not get this information out to my people. No way that I could not get it
0: out. I love it. I love it. And um, as I was talking with Keila earlier before this, like I love getting these topics and kind of going down and breaking in and honing in because a lot of us are going to have the same, I guess, mindset that I'm going to kind of ask the question in. And we're going to figure out a way to kind of find out the best way to move forward with it. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm definitely excited. I got Absolutely. the podcast, and I mean, the PowerPoint in front of me. So let's go ahead and let's break it down. Let's dive in this. Let's,
1: yeah, let's jump into it. So She started off and um, she had a question up there about understanding your financial stage. And for me, what I took that is we always like to talk about or like to think, focus on where we where will we be financially at a certain age, specifically when we get ready to retire. However, that happens in stages. And the way she explained it is, in order for you to actually know where you need to be by a specific age, you have to know what stage you're in and the different stages. So it's broken down into about three to four categories. The first category is going to be the your 20-year-olds to your 35-year-olds. These are the individuals who are laying that foundation, that financial foundation. And what that means is, You are probably either graduating or have graduated from college. You're going into your first real job. Um, You're probably going to acquire either some rent or a mortgage payment of some sort. Um, You're probably going to probably get into your first car of some sort. You know how that goes. Credit cards. Um, You're focusing on setting a budget. Um, You're going to begin saving. even put money contributing to your 401k and then begin investing at some point point. and then your next age range is going to go from the 35 year old to the 55 year old individual and at this point you're seemingly building your nest egg you're 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 honing more towards that saving and build again building that nest egg and what that means is um at this point you probably either have some children Or, or, you know, or you're focusing on saving for your children's college uh, fund uh, or either begin paying for your children's college fund. Um, Probably interested in getting a larger house. You know, maybe you're buying some toys like uh, your little sports cars or your boats or what have you. Actually, in my mind, I think of it getting some of those assets that you can actually do something with later that can give you a good cash value in return in the sense that you get old and you want to sell your boat or some sort of something like that. Um, You may want to save and help pay for your kid's wedding. Um, And then you also want to focus on beginning to reduce your debt. In of some sort, you're going to focus on okay, let's break this thing down. Let's see what is actually an asset and what is actually a liability. You're going to begin tackling some of your debt. You're going to maximize on your workplace benefit because by now you should be into your getting into the group of things as far as your career goes. Then you're going to have the ability to increase your investment of some sort, and then your assets are going going to begin to become significant to you. The next age range we're going to have is the 55-year-old to the 65-year-old. So at this point, you're ready to let your asset take care of you at this point. You have met your highest income income earning in years. You're gonna pay off your mortgage, pay off your debts. You're doing estate planning, gift planning, focusing on health care expenses. You're going to focus on sources of other incomes rather than your salary because you know you're going into retirement. So, you know, you wanna focus on other strings or means of income. And this is gonna go back to your 10-year prior, prior years that set before now because you've got to remember you increased your investments during this time. So now it's time to maximize off those investments, those increased uh, investment um, options. Budgeting becomes a crucial, crucial part of your financial independence. So at this, at this age, you have very well become sound and budgeting. Everything should be, at this point, working like a fine oil machine. And you're going to on, go on to retire or go into retirement. And your focus will be on, do I have enough? Mm-hmm. So right there is understanding what stage are you in financially, Okay.
0: All right, Keila. So here is where I come. And I think a lot of people are going to ask these questions as well or have these probably to pose. And if you do have many more, please comment um, so we can kind of get like a liking of where we need to go to focus on for not just this podcast, but for this topic, for these questions that are really people have a lot to say. I know I do. Um, The 20 to 35 year old, you know, (laughs) I find myself barely scraping through that category with a few years left, you know. (laughs) so first job (laughs) came and went the 401k was the most important thing that I was told uh you know to keep alone all right came and (laughs) went got my got the first job got my uh, 401k moved out here to Atlanta or I'm moving out of the state or I've had a job and I'm moving they didn't tell me how getting an apartment required a credit score to be at a certain level that in order even if I had the income and the pay subs to provide for it I might not be able to get in a certain apartment apartment out here. I didn't know how important that really was. So I had to find ways to establish and build my credit. That foundation, again, you mentioned like I, I'm, I'm young or maybe I'm maybe my my salary isn't as high enough. I'm young and I want to go out. How do I create a budget for myself or I'm young or I'm in my 30s getting into that stage where I really need to kind of start figuring out um, my budget? my payments that I need to make. Cause I'm usually, I probably have a car note. I, I have a or mortgage. I have, uh, you know, I have a 401k if I've got a job, uh, depending on where it is. I have those things, but when do I really start to know that this is really important because that gain of independence, I could have it and then lose it and have to start over at 30. Where do you lay the ground foundation at the young age to really get a standard of, all right, this is where I need to go to secure my long term future.
1: Right. So it's what Jerry. It's really what we have been talking about on um, each one of these uh, each one of these episodes. It just all goes back to that whole really having a mindset. Um, it's in my opinion once you once you're getting out of college once you graduate college it is it's go time financially if you want to be in a good financial if you want to be financially free. And it's all about making those decisions when you're 24 and 25 years old, when you're just getting your feet wet. You have to, it's about creating a lifestyle for you at a young age. And that's why I feel so passionate about going out speaking to seniors as they're exiting high school, because now is the time where you make those decisions that are going to affect you long term in the future. It's not about just right now. Oh, I'm getting out, you know, and I don't want to think about that. Now is the time for you to really think about that. Like you can have fun and you can go out, but you also have to make good decisions and good financial decisions. And it starts with um, just having that, creating that mindset for yourself. That hey, at the end of the day, I'm going to prioritize, and there are four steps to financial freedom or creating financial freedom for yourself. And a lot of people right now, um, investing is a big topic right now. It is huge. Everybody is talking about investing. Everybody is talking about you know whether it's investing in Bitcoin, e Ecoin, all that good <laughs> stuff, or stocks, bonds, all that stuff, or what have you, but again, it all goes back. It's all a process. It's not you just jump out there. You have to really create something for yourself. And you start with the four steps to financial freedom. And a lot of people are like hesitant about this, but here it is in a nutshell. And this is something that we went over. The first step is fund an emergency fund. And the way you do that, and on here, she states that you should have a minimum of $1,000 well maybe the average person may not be able to start with a thousand dollars and that's where you have to really evaluate where you are financially and what's ideal for you you know once you figure that out then you you set a tier maybe it it may not be a thousand dollars it may be five hundred dollars or it may be a hundred dollars starting off. but you have to decide in your mind that hey this is going to be my starting point and this is what this is for the second step would be pay off any credit card pay off your credit card debt pay off that credit card debt especially those ones with high interest rates on them if you have interest bearing credit cards pay that debt off. That's the second thing you want to do. The third thing you want to do is save three to six months worth of expenses, monthly expenses. Now, a lot of people say, well, what is the emergency fund for if I still got to save three to six months worth of emergency expenses? Well, I mean, you know, well, monthly expenses, excuse me. The emergency fund is just that. It's an emergency fund. That is set aside. That is like set it and forget it. That's not even your savings. It's, a it's not a new it's, pair of it's,
0: shoes. It's not it's, a date night. Not, you know, it's, yes, it's emergency yes. purposes. It's,
1: it's for emergency purpose. Maybe you have an emergency, uh, like having to have a root canal or something like that. Something like that. Then you may want to pull from your emergency fund because you don't have that in your operating account. You don't want to have to go to your savings for something like a root canal. And you don't want to have to take from your monthly expenses. Those monthly expenses, people go, well, what is the monthly expenses for? Basically what you're doing is if you have just say if your monthly expenses including rent or mortgage insurance car note phone bills utilities or what have you and just say if you have a total of $2,500 you want to save three to six months worth of monthly expenses just in the instance just say with the pan like the pandemic came three to six months if you had to if you had had to save that amount up and you lost your job, or what have you, even with you drawing unemployment, you still would have been ahead and you would have not been behind. So, and then. That's when you go into the fourth thing. That's when you get into investing. See, people think you invest and try to use that, uh, you know, because a lot of people say, well, investing is a savings plan. It is a form of savings plan, but it's not your emergency savings. It is not your everyday savings account that you're just putting in your cash flow. And it's not your um, monthly expenses savings account. And it's not your savings account to help. Oh, let me invest. Try to flip this right quick and use that money, put in, pull out and pay a credit card off. That's not how that's not what that's for. That does not create financial freedom for you. What that does is that just creates a cycle of you just recycling money around and around and around. You're really not getting anywhere. None of that stuff is growing if that makes any sense. Of
0: course, of course. So I kind of want to focus in on this uh, right here, back to the 35 to 55-year-old category. I think a lot of people saw this uh, working in the financial industry. All right, so 2008, we saw a huge crash in the housing market as well as the stock market. Okay, so now in 2020, you saw a huge crash in rates, yet some people's scores were great enough or good enough to get them refinanced. It took a while, took a little bit longer. Now here's, here's back to that nest egg that it's mentioning right here. And we'll be sure to kind of tag, uh, tag this in the show notes as well for anybody who wants to look along back to 2020 and back to 2008, 2008, we had a situation where people lost equity, lost the value of their homes. Same thing in 2010, lost that. Now you had a situation where the rates went down and property values, at least over here in Georgia, Yeah, excuse me, at least over here in Georgia are continuing and continue to rise during that process. Why people are looking for looking to downsize, looking to move into more affordable homes, more things that they can actually cover based on those expenses. Now, when you get that situation and you refinance your home and you have cash back. Now, what do I look to pay off first or if I'm in debt? If I'm not in debt, here comes the option of income increasing your income. What opportunities can you look like? Uh, you know, out there to help you do that. Here you have, you know, paying for a wedding. Between that age range, you are possibly paying up, saving up for a child or daughter, um, for son or daughter, getting ready to get married. A larger house. That's something, I'm, I'm in my first house now. I'm already thinking larger. I'm by myself. But that's just the reality of the situation, but I have to realize that I have to stay within my means and staying within that means is that budget. Uh, it's, it's it's as you mentioned, it's that first fund that emergency $1,000, get it out the way. That's the simplest and fastest way. I think uh, as this young lady mentioned, she's an instructor for Dave Ramsey. That's the first thing he always says. And I completely agree. Get a thousand, stack it away, save it. Emergencies only those expenses. I, I say, you know, in a sense, make the expenses the next thing because you gotta eat and you gotta live. At the end of the day, you can pay a minimum on the credit card, you can pay a minimum yeah. on on yeah. A, but if you don't, like you said, back to you if you take it from your budget, put it in the stock market to try to make it you you involve a cycle. You take chances yeah. and you run into days where certain yeah. things are up, certain things are down, and you run into yep. that. So it, it goes back right. to setting that foundation. Where do you right. want everything to fall? Because there's, there's times you don't want to lose any money to the market
1: right, at all.
0: Right.
1: right, right. And that brings me to the next point, um, you know, thinking about how, how can I put back $1,000? I'm about to give you a prime example of how you can put back $1,000. I hear this so many times. So we were talking, so what she gave like the best analogy ever, just thinking about going into work every day. And you know how most businesses or most office settings offer you free coffee because it's one of the cheaper cheaper things or what have you. So you have that coffee out there. But most of us, uh, other um, people with a um, extreme or kind of sort of of a finer coffee. Go ahead and say it. I want my caramel latte, my caramel ribbon crunch. I
0: want it. I want it. I want it.
1: Understanding the real cost of that latte. So, you know, you're going to go to Starbucks and we're shooting, we're low bottle here. We're not even talking about a, 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 a what is it called, a venti or, or a venti size. We're
0: talking uh, yes. about small. Yes. The, uh, the five, grande oh. is $5.25 if you add the double smoked bacon and cheddar. Um, that adds wow. another $4.95 wow. to the meal itself. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you end up spending yeah. around $10, $11 on breakfast. 10 or $11. Trust
1: me, I know. But you're I'm happy. I'm the truth here. And I just to let you guys know that I'm being transparent. I my kids are hooked, and this morning we went by Starbucks and we spent eighteen dollars, and I could have throw I could have threw up because I'm just like this is so dumb, this is so dumb, so dumb, so dumb. Like my twelve and my six year old has a, a, a Starbucks order. Like seriously, this this crazy. But here it is. Like seriously, though, to break it down. She gave like the greatest analogy. She talked about how like people like when you go to work and you like, oh, I can't drink that coffee. I want I I can't I just can't drink that coffee in the office. So I have to have my Starbucks. Well, if you break that down, five dollars a day. If you spend that five dollars a day, you got your five dollar cup of coffee a day in one year. That will be almost two thousand dollars that you're spending on one cup of coffee a day over an extreme period of time, about over a 30 year span. Or what have you there's about sixty thousand dollars so we break that down on a lower scale and let's just just let's let's just lowball it here and keep it at five dollars and keep it at five dollars a day and let's just do about 10 years i mean five years or what have you um five or ten years or something like that just say ten years that's that's like ten thousand dollars on coffee 10,000 bucks on coffee. Come up. on, <laughs> come on! It is not worth it. It is not worth it. No, it's not. I'm,
0: I'm it doesn't kidding. Have to
1: be coffee, it doesn't have to be coffee. I know some people like going to the store, going to the convenience store every single morning. the The cost of goods and services now, y'all, has literally gone up. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to, the, you're not going to the convenience store spending less than uh, five dollars. You're not coming out spending less than five dollars. Like, seriously, you're not. You go in there and get like a bag of potato chips. Um, that's like $2, $3 in itself. So those money, those dollars add up. That stuff adds up. So in a month's worth of time, if you just cut back on like your coffee or the convenience store run that you make in the morning, you can easily save $1,000 to put in your emergency fund. And that's just the first step to financial freedom. But that's a huge step. Because now you get it, you, now, like, you, you get it, you understand, like, okay, in order for me to create this for myself, these are pivotal, these are essential, and I have to do these. This is something that I just have to do, you know. Right. Yeah, so I, what's up?
0: What's up? I, I hear you, I hear you. Uh, for all of us Starbucks lovers out there, she is absolutely correct. You have to make a personal decision. I find myself finding weak to it too. It is easy. I find myself sometimes stopping by Quick Trip, get a coffee. Maybe I don't want to sit in the break room with Jan or Tom or, you know, but at the same time, you know, it's my mental. <laughs> My mental health that I'm also, but don't yes. let that make the excuse. Of but it. financial of day, freedom creates exactly. Yeah, that
1: financial freedom creates a different level of mental health for you, honey. Trust me, you yes. yes. So today, is, listen. Today I learned. Today I got. I, it really backfired on me because when I picked the kids up from daycare, Tyler's like crying because I want to go and get cake pops from Starbucks. No, you we're we're, we're done for the week. That was Starbucks for the week, my love. We're done. We're done with that. Oh,
0: I love so,
1: it. I love it. That brings me to the next, to, for- to the fourth, to the fourth aspect of financial freedom, and that is the investment part. And this is something that I really, really wanted to like expand on. And here's why: a lot of people, um, a lot of people were got hopped in on the dog corn thing, like they hopped the. They hopped in on that because it was trending so high. And what happened is, like I checked it the other day, and it was down. It was down tremendously. And I know I saw so many people that invested in that. And what was what really was unfortunate about that is because a lot of people was just going off of hearsay and nobody really had any legitimate education on about investing period at all. And this was something that she talked about. She said before you can begin learning about the market, about the market in a whole, you literally have to learn or educate yourself about you. Learn who you are. And the in that bring in and, and what we did was we took this thing called a risk tolerance assessment and the way this risk tolerance assessment, it breaks down and it helps describe you as an investor. Who, who are you as an investor? And it asks like seven, uh, seven, seven di- different questions. And it started off with like approximately how many years until you retire and you have a rating scale. So like, if you are retiring within two years, you get a score of zero, two to four years, one, uh, four to seven years, you get a two. And if you have over seven years, you score like a five. And like you have another question uh, or I or something where you would agree or disagree, it goes, I would be inclined to decrease my investments and to start my stock, stock market, excuse me, if my investments perform poorly. And again, you have another scale of rating yourself like if you agree you'll choose you'll get zero points for that if you somewhat agree you'll get a three and if you disagree you'll get a seven um and it goes on to ask a few more questions and um in those questions one another answer one one good question was on a ten thousand dollar investment with which investment performance are you most comfortable with your best case scenario? You gain eight hundred dollars and lose ten, and a score would be zero on that, depending on if you if you chose that. Like best case, worst case scenario. Um, if you chose, just say if you got a gain of four thousand eight hundred dollars, but then took worst in worst case scenario, you lost two thousand four hundred dollars all off of a ten thousand dollar investment. Say if you chose that as your best case or worst case scenario, you would score seven points. So it's about seven questions. And after you tally up all of those, it gives you a score. For myself, I scored a 32. I scored right at 32. So what this does is it tells you what your t- risk tolerance is in forms of investing. And just say if you score anywhere from zero to twenty, you're more of a conservative investor. Like you, you, you just you're gonna play, you're gonna always play it safe. Like you just a little bit, you'll get on that thing, but it has to be like more so straight. Um, me for myself, I scored a 32. So I'm a what they consider a moderate investor. Um, I tolerate moderate balance fluctuation. Um Money grow my money. I want my money to grow into some income form or what have you. I'll tolerate more risk. I'm not scared of the risk and um, protection from the market ups and downs.
0: You know, my is
1: is basically I, I'm moderate. Um, I'll go over one huh? Or down on my roller coaster, you know, opposed to somebody riding it, and that's going to be the 33 to 50 mark. If you scored in between there, then your risk tolerance, you may be an aggressive investor. So, and with that, ingre- with that aggressive investor, basically, you seek to grow aggressively. Like you want, like you'll you'll take that, you'll jump out there and ride that thing because your main goal is to basically grow your investment. In an aggressive manner, so it depend depending on what type of uh, where you fall in that category defines your risk tolerance, and that brings us to the three primary investment options. And what that does, what the three primary investment options are, you have your cash, your bonds, and your stocks. And okay, that risk tolerance assessment um, it it helps you set your um, asset allocation okay what the asset allocation is, is it basically works on um just in the form of a pie chart and what that pie chart does is depending on where you fall if you at, if you're a conservative investor or if you're a moderate investor or you're an aggressive investor what this pie chart describes is where where you should be and where your where your um investment options should lie how much what percentage of your money should be going into what and i'm going to tell you guys about myself and what my personal allocations were so because i fell in that moderate category or what have you. And because I, I have more than 10 years to, um, to before retirement, I should be um, investing at least 60% of my income into stocks. I should have 5% um, of cash, liquid cash, cash assets available. And I should have 35% invested into bonds. So that creates my 100 percent of my uh, income and my three and my income going into the three investment options or the three primary investment options. And, And what you do is as time passes, you rebalance that as you get older. And what you do is you have to retake that risk assessment test to see, okay, am I still in the moderate category or have I moved to more of a conservative or am I more aggressive? You know, so that's how you rebalance. And it all goes back to your financial stage, where you are, depending on your age, your age range, where you are. And what this does is it helps you get to, you know, the initial question, how much do I need? And by what age do I need it?
0: Keela. Uh, yeah. Hey, I'm just amazed by one, just like this incredible information that was given out to you this weekend. Two. How this, everything is broken down. I just wanted to immediately say for myself, I'm looking at it right now. I would imagine, well, the way that I trade and the way that I do things, I'm on the aggressive scale more than 10 years, 85% cat stocks, 15% bonds, cash, not nine to yeah. 2000. But, you know, uh, we have to find yeah. ourselves, you know, yeah. every market isn't going to be a bull market. Every market yeah. isn't going to be a bear market, which you yeah. have to eventually learn how to make money going up and down. Yeah. But yes. this standard, this, this right here, I think is the most important, this foundation, getting an understanding of what is your risk profile? What is the tolerance? Right. Where can I uh, lay back? And a lot of the things, the main thing that came down to me right here, uh, as I was thinking, some of us don't necessarily have a budgeting problem, problem, excuse me, maybe it's an income problem. Maybe it's just right. not enough income. And mm-hmm. that is the real question of what we'll need to figure out. You know, we will need to figure out how can I create more income? I do everything right. I budget, but I'm still left with nothing at the end of the day. You got to find a way. And this is a great plan. This is a great foundation. Um, There was a a saying of of somebody I used to work with back for at and a while back, you know. What is your slice of the pie? He would call his company PIE, Power Inc. Entertainment. Everybody gets a slice of the pie. Right. That that pie is yours. How you break it up, how you divvy it down, what you choose to invest in. But long run over long run, we'll continue to say the stock market is best. But you've got to get a basic foundation. You've got to get yourself organized and you've got to have your cash to even go beyond the means of investing. Right. Right. Uh, Right. I I see now I can take Monday nights off. Uh, Keela. why don't you close (laughs) us out?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I just want everybody, you know, just ending on a good note here, understanding that going back to what I said before you can start, because investing is such a it's like a broad spectrum right now. and Everybody is hopping on that. Everybody should. Yes, everybody should invest. But I think it's more so of basically before you start trying to learn the market, you need to understand yourself. Just like you said, a lot of people feel like, oh, I need another stream of income. I need another source of income. But not until you understand how to budget that $1 will you be able to understand how to budget $50,000 or 60000 or or $100,000. There's no way in budgeting that amount of money if you can't start off Budgeting the small amount of money. It's not. And I've said this before. It's not about the amount of money you make. It's about how you utilize and what you do with the, the money that you have right now. Where are you putting your assets? Where are you? Where's your money going? And how are you? How are you budgeting? it? How are you using it? Are you just blowing it every time you get a little bit extra? Or are you really making your dollars work for you? You know,
0: and ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here on financial fitness. We are not fiduciaries or financial advisors. However, we do break down know. things the best way that we can. Every investment, every investment is a risky one, inclu- including crypto. So please take your best. Foot forward when you go through with yes. this. Hey everyone, this is financial fitness. I'm Jared Meyer signing off. Keila, thank you so much again. This was awesome, uh, but guys. Please uh, like, comment, share, and subscribe to the channel. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast made or listen to. Thank you guys so much for <laughs> tuning us to on the Old Fashioned Health Network. Good health inside and
1: out. Good.
0: Bye, thank you, Keila. Thank you. <laughs>